Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. This is WEEI Late Night with KJ Carson on WEEI. Timeout for Boston. Missoula's letting them play. Ten seconds left. Tatum with four, with three. Swing it. Intercepted by Hero. And a foul call with point nine. The Celtics turn it over. It was just a bad read. Uh, they double Rob Rowe to the basket. And I should have just threw it to D. White in a slot. Um, you know, throwing a cross-court pass that late, that time of the game is pretty risky and uh, backfired on me. Late night, WEEI, it's KJ. Thank you so much for being here Wednesday night. And that's Jason Tatum explaining what happened at the end of that game last night against the Heat that now have the Celtics in a losing streak with two straight. A game against the Knicks tomorrow, and then the Lakers come to the Garden on Saturday. If the Celtics don't get it together against the Knicks, they will get destroyed by the Lakers. And then you'll have your real Saturday night embarrassment on national television. This is what I've been saying about the Celtics team. If they don't start waking up to the defense and recognizing situations, you're not going to show yourself to be a champion. Champions don't let you. You have a little brother or something like that. You play him in video games. You never let him win. Or if he wins and he says, okay, let's do like best out of seven, you're sweeping him. You're sweeping him. This is what the Celtics need to be doing to teams that don't have their stars there or when you're playing teams that are substandard. Now, I I get it. No Marcus Smart. No Al Horford. No Jalen Brown. No Malcolm Brogdon. But yet you have the game in the balance. And when I look back at that final play with Jason Tatum, it reminded me of, no pun intended, because Hero stole the ball. The Hero ball we were seeing a year and a half ago. The only difference, instead of starting at the top of the key, you're starting from the elbow extended from the free throw line outside the three-point key. And what did they do? Ran straight to you. Because they know you have no Jalen Brown to pass to. You know They know you have no Malcolm Brogdon to pass to. They know that if you want to get it to the paint, you're going to have to throw it 25 feet. You throw it diagonal to the shortest guy on the court. What do you think happens? And so some people were like, well, you know, hey, the Celtics, they'll get around to their defense. You know how the NBA is. They don't really play defense in the beginning, and then they pick it up later. 
Yeah. Last year, the Celtics, number one in the league in defense, clearly by heads and shoulders in the East, gave up 104 points per game to their opponents. Didn't matter who it was. This year, in terms of who the Celtics have given up 104 points or less to, the first Heat game back game two, the Wizards, the Hawks, the Kings, the Nets, the Suns, the Magic, the Rockets, the Mavs, Bulls, Nets, Raptors, Heat. That sound like a bunch of playoff teams to you? And these are the teams that you're like, oh, yeah, well, hold them under 104. No, I'm not hearing any Bucks. I'm not hearing 76ers in there. I'm not hearing any of those teams from the West Coast Trip. I'm not hearing Clippers. I'm not hearing teams that you have to show that you have stars on that team. You can shut them down. Yeah, the game was 98-95 yesterday. They had no Jimmy Butler. You didn't have four of your players. I don't expect you to <laughs> score a bunch. I, I would expect you to win if you got Tatum. Time Lord. 617-779-7937. Text line 37937. I'll get to my thoughts here on the Red Sox DFA, Matt Barnes. That's still to come. Scared money don't make none. Joe, how you doing tonight, brother? A, a, a couple of parlays in the two remaining games. No less, of, no less of a payout than $2 million. That sounds pretty good to me. I like getting all that money. Yeah, well, you know, th- that will be the chance in about 35 minutes here on WEEI. 617-779-7937. Text line 37937. Here's Jason Tatum after the game last night on uh, h- how well do you feel about your communication with Joe Mazzulla? How comfortable do you feel with Joe and, and the communication you guys are having in, in these stretch moments? No, I mean, it was smart for us not to call a timeout. You know, some guys out there that we wanted for them to keep on the floor. You know, we didn't want them to necessarily set up their defense during a timeout. Uh, so I think not calling the timeout was smart. Um, obviously, uh, so me, I got to, you know, they trust me in that situation to make the right play. Uh, regardless of being double teamed or not, you know, I can't let us down like that and, and not even give ourselves a chance really, you know, to win the game. Wait a minute. You're the superstar on the court. Set up the play for you, the superstar, to win the game. That's where, like, this is where I think there, I don't say there's a disconnect, but I'll just say that you know, there's some frayed wires here. It was smart for us not to call the timeout. It was not. Call that timeout after you've just been scoreless for a large amount of the fourth quarter. You score 13 points total in the fourth. You need to call a timeout and draw up something that's going to get you to the basket immediately. I've said about Jason Tatum. He goes to the basket. One of three things happens. He scores, and that's two points. He gets fouled, and that's two free throws. Or he scores and gets fouled, and that's three points. You know, they trust me in that situation to make the right play. So why not have the call call the timeout yourself? This is the mini disconnect when I was seeing the 120 game being scored, and it felt like, like my kid tomorrow, we know she has a sub in, in school tomorrow. I had to kind of hyper up today. Like, hey, you got a substitute in school tomorrow. So I'm going to make sure that you be able to do all the things you want to do after school. Once you finish your homework, you can play today. You can watch your tablet and everything because my whole hope is I don't want bad news from the sub. And that's what's going on right now. 
The Celtics are 29th in the league in two-point attempts. And what was the attempt at the last part of the game last night? A three. Football. Okay, I get it. You want to win. You're on the road. Like that. Take the three-point shot. Yes. But because of what happened the night before in Orlando, now it, 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 it exacerbates the situation even worse. I mean, props to Pritchard, though. He what took the props? shot. He, they were down three. They needed a three, and there was point six on the clock. There's no props in that when you have the – forget what happens after that. All of that is gravy. If you're going to say, hey, with point six left on the clock, there was still a chance. No. The chance was when you had the ball with 20-something seconds – and you're trying to play hero ball from the top of the key and decide to throw the pass diagonally across, diagonally across the key to the shortest guy on the court, (laughs) and two guys are jumping in your face when you're doing it, this is why you call the timeout. This is where you take leadership if you're the floor general for the team. So you know what? I don't have the usual suspects out here that I know what we want to do in a situation like this where we don't call time. Let's set something up. At least you can then turn around and say, hey, we all stopped for a minute, or thanks to the NBA with way timeouts work. We all stopped for 10 minutes. I'm kidding. We all stopped for a minute, 90 seconds, to discuss what we wanted to do. The ball was going to be in Jason Tatum's hands anyway. It just doesn't need to be from 25 feet out. So that's why I can't say, well, give Pritchard credit for getting off of a, a three-point attempt with six-tenths of a second. It's just, you know, it's like um, it's like, <laughs> it's like after your kids had a bad day at school with bad grades, a bad report card, but you're like, well, you know, at least they finished their dinner. At, at that point, it doesn't matter. Um, here's Time Lord on what, what he saw happen in the fourth quarter last night. Yeah, what broke down in that last stretch in the fourth? Um, just defense. Uh, purpose, you know, on both ends of the court, but most of the defense, but we're hanging out ahead of Defense. Straight to the point. Defense. Now, I can understand some of the frustration because there's a there's a play where it, it feels like, and this is where Eric Spolstra, I mean, look, the dude's first ballot Hall of Fame. As soon as he says, I'm, qu- I'm, I'm not coaching anymore, they should just go ahead and take him straight over to Springfield. Sometimes it's a shame how people look over him. Well, you, because here's the thing. He's a studier of tendencies. That's why I understand him. He doesn't have to be flash. He doesn't have to be all of this. He doesn't have to be rah-rah. He's a studier of tendencies. And right when the when Jason Tatum knew that teams were when, when the, the Heat were coming at him, he went for that lob to Rob Williams, and Adebayo snatched it right out of the air, like, almost like, yeah, we've seen this on film. It was like watching. It was like someone who'd watched football film and wanted to see what a quarterback's tendency was and pulled it off. That's Eric Spolstra. It seems like his teams are never so horrible. They can be bad, but they're never so horrible or they never unprepared. And so, yeah, the Celtics are number two in the league taking threes, but when you start getting in these crunch games and you're down by two, you need to extend the game out. Like, it, unless you're unless you're dead wide open, yeah, you take the shot. But if there are two guys in your face... Or you're 25 feet out and you're milking the clock. Yes, I get for the last shot, but why are you not going to the rim? You're the guy on the court who's going to get the call. You would be the one who gets the whistle out there. <sighs> Look, the Celtics are number one in free throw percentage. So it it's not like, hey, we don't, we don't want to go to a hole because we don't make our free throws. That's not the case at all. 
617-779-7937. Text line 37937. KJ Late Night, WEEI. Look, how many of these games did I sit at the Celtics at school? This is just phenomenal, right? Because keep in mind, you've got the Knicks coming, then you've got the Lakers, then you've got the Nets at home, then you've got the Suns, then you go on the road for only one game, and then you have one, two, three games at home. So you've got this huge homestand coming off of a, a road a, a road uh, travel that you lost. You lost two out of three on the road. Yeah, they're going into the All-Star break, and they only have two road games at Detroit, at Milwaukee. Right. So you have all these home games, but are we going to start seeing the defense now? Because the Knicks, if there's something they do very well, is score two-point bus- buckets. They're a really good two-point shooting team. And that's something that the Celtics are not good at doing. Now, Jalen Brown was out for rest, so you expect to see him back tomorrow night. And, of course, you'd probably figure all hands will be on deck for the Saturday game against the against the Lakers on national television. But I, I'm, a little, I, I'm just a little bit concerned. Now, granted, yes, they're coming off this win streak, but again, the Mavericks are trying to figure out how to change out their team. The Spurs are the Spurs. The Pelicans are banged up. The Nets are trying to figure out who they are. You got you had Charlotte twice in a row. And in an emotional game, you beat the Warriors. And then you went to Toronto and you beat Toronto. So really, the Warriors, the Raptors, the Bulls win was a revenge thing, and you look good against Dallas. But now you got some heavy hitters. 76ers and Grizzlies. Twice in a week. Well, yeah, those two in one week. Then the Bucks. Yeah, the, the way, it, way it shakes out for the Celtics team is like, now start playing the defense now. Like, there's no better time than the present. And then look, there, and I here's where I do have some sympathy. If you go back to the Warriors game, and when I talked about it after that, like how... You saw how everything was treated like a playoff atmosphere because the benches and rotations were really tight. I think the Warriors only played seven guys and the Celtics played eight total. Like, bench players, be damned, sit right here and watch because we don't want you to mess this up. But last night, oh, it was all hands on deck. I mean, Justin (laughs) Jackson was getting minutes. Well, he had to because everybody was out. And this goes back to why I said the Orlando game was important to win if you knew that you were going to have guys resting the next night. At least get at least get your pound of flesh on a weaker team. Get that out of the way. If you know that people are going to be resting for that Miami game, it's a back to back. That is okay. Even if you if if they'd won the Orlando game, I'm not having this discussion tonight. You know me. I'm not going to jump on the team just for a loss. But it's because you didn't take care of Orlando again that you now have to force yourself with these backup singers to do the work of lead singers and guitarists and drummers. Here's here's Derek White on like what it's like trying to like mesh together with dudes who are not regularly not in the game. Nah, I mean we like every person that stepped on the court did something to help us win tonight and um we had good looks, we missed them and um I don't think it that was the reason. It's part of the reason. It's part of the reason, right? Because Miami, who's had its struggles, and they've kind of fixed some of those things, they really only had one guy missing, two people missing. No Kyle Lowry, no Jimmy Butler. Still very big, but not as big as no Al Horford, no Jalen Brown, no Malcolm Brogdon, (laughs) no Marcus Smart. That's why I say if you beat Orlando, 
I if you lost by sixty to Miami last night, I'm not mad because you had four guys out. But instead, you got a two game losing streak. You got a Knicks team that feels like they're playing for something this late in the season. When's the last time you talked about a winning Knicks team this late in the season? It's been a long time. And then the Lakers on Saturday, so you hope that the team is not distracted thinking about like, oh gosh, another Saturday night game. There's a rivalry game. Can't lose to the Lakers. If you don't take care of the Knicks tomorrow night, it's going to be ugly. Saturday night. 617-779-7937. Text line 37937. Coming up next, we'll hear from Joe Mazzula. Plus, uh, what Heim Bloom's explanation was for Matt Barnes being gone. But right now, it's time to trend with Joe Braverman. Now, here's what's trending on WEEI. Celtics and Bruins are off tonight. They'll be back in action tomorrow. For the Seas, they'll try to rebound from back-to-back losses as they host the Knicks at the TD Garden. Marcus Smart will miss his third straight game as he's dealing with a right ankle sprain. Tip-off for that game is set at 7.30. The Bruins are the first team to reach 80 points after their 4-2 win in Montreal last night. And by the way, they are 14 points clear of the next best team in the NHL. As they look to continue their dominance and on their road trip in Tampa against the Lightning. Puck drop is set for 7 o'clock. In Patriots world, Bill Belichick has added new hire Bill O'Brien to the coaching staff of the East-West Shrine Bowl that showcases the best high school players in the nation. O'Brien will join Belichick and Mayo in a supervisor role. Offensive and defensive staff has Troy Brown, Ross Douglas, Mike Pellegrino, and Brian Belichick. The Shrine Bowl will take place from Las Vegas a week from tomorrow. Other NFL news as we get ready for a conference championship weekend. Patrick Mahomes did practice for the Chiefs today and has once again stated that he intends to play in the AFC championship game as he deals with a high ankle sprain. In the NFC, 49ers head coach Kyle Shanahan says he doesn't expect to have Jimmy Garoppolo this weekend. Other Niners news, Christian McCaffrey, Elijah Mitchell, and Debo Samuel did not practice today. The AFC and the NFC championship game can be heard here on WEEI on Sunday via Westwood One. An NFL award finalists were announced today. For MVP, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, Jalen Hurts, Justin Jefferson, and Patrick Mahomes are the finalists. For Defensive Player of the Year, Nick Bosa, Chris Jones, and Micah Parsons. And for Coach of the Year, Brian Dayball, Doug Peterson, and Kyle Shanahan. The winners will be announced at the NFL Honors on February 9th. I'm Joe Braverman, and that's what's trending on WEEI and WEEI.com. Call from Mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. 
Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. You see Tatum, and you want to get two, two to the ball, but the spacing isn't there. Where, where's the balance between saying this isn't exactly what I want and stopping the play, or just kind of letting it play out? And because you you have the personnel there. Yeah, you know. I, mean, I don't know if there is a balance for me. I'm sitting there. I'm saying if we call one, they get their defensive lineup in. They may go zone. They may go man. You're not really sure. They may blitz. They may switch. They may maintain. You're not really sure. What I did know was the absolutes. The absolute was we had the ball in our best player's hands. I knew that because of their offensive lineup, they were going to play this coverage. Um, I just didn't call the right play. I had to call a better play to get the better spacing for him to see it better. Late night, WEEI, KJ Carson, 617-779-7937, text line 37937. Still to come, scared money don't make none, and Scott Rowland just took the excitement of baseball and just Pop the balloon with that Hall of Fame stuff. That's in 15 minutes. That's Joe Mazzulla explaining why the last play happened the way it happened against the Heat last night. And okay, if you want to make the argument that um, Jason Tatum has the ball in his hands and that's the best case scenario, could one not argue that on an inbounds play, Jason Tatum can get an individual switch just off of an inbound play based on what they're trying to do? Or if you know that, okay, they're going to go double Jason Tatum, then guess what? That's going to leave someone wide open. Maybe that's where you say, okay, they're going to leave Pritchard wide open. They're going to go chase. They're going to go chase Tatum. But at least you have something set up to know where people should go or to be for the winning shot. You don't know on a switch, it might be out of bio who has to come to the top, and now you have no rim protector. You could have a bucket right underneath the, a, a layup if you want. But when you're standing, I mean, look, first of all, when you're bringing the ball to where the uh, coach's box line is, that's where Tatum kind of steps towards. It's almost kind of a mini trap. There's nobody, you're too far, uh, you're too far back in the front court to kick it back to somebody over, and the way your body has to contort, even to just get to get the ball to someone at the top of the key, you're just not in a you're not in a flexible zip position to do that. So really, Tatum had to give up the ball and go. Really, he could really only go one way. You, you see the guys there. Call timeout. I've always been told from from a youth coach is that that out of bounds line is basically it's, another defender. So it's you're another tri- defender. So it's like you're getting triple teamed when you see the second defender coming up. Right. Like even if you like even if you you were further in the front court, let's just say you're taking that ball and now you're at the you're at the you're at the free line free throw line at the elbow and you're now backing somebody in. Somebody's got to come for the double team. But now you'd be able to clearly see where the open shooter would be. 
either maybe in the corner or at the top of the key or the top left towards the bench. And that's where you say, okay, if you take that three-point shot there, say with Derek White, and he's wide open, then yeah, you you got to hit that shot. You've got to take that shot from there because that's what it is. This was not a setup, good place to take a shot or even get help. That no no help had come to help Tatum. Call the timeout. I, I kind of I kind of get it a little bit of Joe. Joe's trying to get it establish his identity. Work through it. It could be kind of cool sometimes. Other times it could be foolhardedly. I guess the question then becomes like, how much of a pass do you give him because he's a inexperienced first-year head coach put in this there situation. There is no pass. You are the Eastern Conference champion. So you're, you're, defending. Past, you're past that mark then. Yeah, because if that's the case, then you know upper management would have to say that, okay, the ultimate moment may be too big for Joe, and we try and figure out who the head coach is. You know, so I understand being yourself. Trust me, this show, it's all about being myself. But in situations where you have to know what even though you want to put the previous day's game behind you but because you did not win the previous game that you should have won the night before you got to win this night of a back to back you can't come home with a two game losing streak because now people are going to want to play tight you're at home people are on angst the people on the radio are talking about just how crazy things are because you've lost two in a row it can be nerve-wracking <laughs> And you're going up against the division opponent who's better than normal. You're, the Knicks are coming for blood, right? Because everybody's bringing their best to the Celtics. You're the defending champion of the conference. we giving you our all. That's how it plays out. And if Julius Randle sits there and has some sick 30-25 number, <laughs> at 25 rebounds, that could be three losses in a row. And what do you think the conversation is going into Saturday night? Against the Lakers, who may or may not be getting better, but it's your it's your it's your hated rival. Six one seven 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 nine seven nine three seven text line three seven nine three seven. Here's Jason Tatum on: Are the team handling like situations like this a little better than they were in the past? Overcoming adversity in the beginning of the season, there was so much going on. Do you guys still feel any of that stuff lingering now, or is that like? You just got to move on. You can't, you know, nobody's going to feel bad for us. You know, we got games to play. We got work to do. I'd be lying if I said it wasn't tough in the beginning with the injuries and obviously, you know, getting a new coach two days before the season started and all those things. But, you know, that's kind of like behind us, and we just got to continue to, to continue to jail. Uh, I think we did a great job of managing that uh, and it's showing. I agree to an extent. I think it would better show if there seemed to be a little more defensive acumen, less turnovers, right? The things that a brand new head coach or an interim coach can't really scream at you about like your last coach could, right? Like if, if, if Joe had to turn the level up to 14 about the defense, about the seven turnovers a game, Tatum or Brown, would he be able to, or does it suddenly kind of like, who's this dude yelling at us? He's not even our coach, really. Could that be the reason why you say, you know what, if I call a timeout right here, I might have to hear about it in the in the huddle, like, look, I had it. 
at some point, let the leader lead. Let him make decisions that you know or help him make decisions that are going to be best for situational basketball. That was some horrible situational basketball last night. I mean, on top of the bad scoring and lack of for the whole fourth quarter, but still. There has to be a meeting in the middle because if there isn't, and I think they're closer to having one than they don't have one. But now you have to say, okay, MA installed this defensive mindset in us last year. We need to tap into that without Joe having to tell us or to get us or to push us into that. We can't find ourselves trying to play hero ball when we haven't been scoring the ball, right? It's very hard to play hero ball. Like, even when you play NBA 2K, it'll put this little icon on you when you're cold. <laughs> oh, yeah, Celtics, they have a bunch of those icons. Like, right. They so have the last, fire when it's, like, heating up, heating up. Right. So the Celtics run, running around in the fourth quarter last night, all of them had that snowflake next to them, that little icicle. They oh, yeah, cold. I think they went, like, six minutes without scoring a field goal in that fourth quarter. All of them had cold. That little, the little, little cold icon next to him, and and the last play is going to be a shot from twenty six out, or or put or a pass across from twenty six out going about forty feet diagonal. No, no. I think the tough thing is like as you said, there was no Jimmy Butler. You let a guy like Highsmith. I hadn't even heard of him until last night. Putting in fifteen points. It's about it's about you dictating your will, not what they don't have, right? Yeah, and Tyler Jason, Hero was wait, wait, four wait, wait, of nineteen. Wait, 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 Jason Tatum was the superstar, the only superstar on that court last night. You should have your hand all over everything to prove that. Look, I can I can take this game myself, run it, walk out of here with a victory, and the guys who got rest like thank you and. Uh, we're sorry about the previous night, and let's let's move forward. We won one. We're going back home with a win in our pocket. You know, we won the road. We win the road series. You win two out of three. You come back. You play the Knicks. You get these guys back, and now you're back. You're, you're rolling. Now you got to figure out, like, oh my gosh, what happens if we come out cold? So, like the things, the, the way things are laying out now, like the 76ers are the team that I said scared me the most. Why? Because when Harden and when Embiid were nicked up early on, their role players got extended minutes and performed well, and now that Harden and Embiid are back playing together and they've figured it out a little bit, and they're like, you know what, Tyrese Maxey, you're a bench player. Yeah, they beat Brooklyn tonight, moved into second in the conference. They've won six straight. Right. I would rather have, you would rather see the 76ers as a four four seed in a five seed game because now Milwaukee's the five seed. Right, so Milwaukee playing the Nets at a five-four game right now at this point, or even with Kevin Durant back, you go, yeah, Brooklyn doesn't have anything for well, Milwaukee. Well, as, a, would, well, as hold a, on, well, hold on, but you would rather have the 76ers in that four spot with a potential upset and a and a and a showdown that would go down for seven games, just wear each other out in an opening round. But now with the 76ers sitting at two, hey, yeah, their first round game is at a seven against the seven seed, and then they might sleep. See Cleveland at the three seed. The 76ers in a situation where you're like, they're they're setting themselves to eat the Celtics if potentially they can. Well, right now the 4-5 matchup would be Brooklyn and Cleveland. Milwaukee's the three seed, and they'd be playing the Heat. So, right. Well, so, okay, well, right now, what I have in front of me, and this is probably going into tonight, Celtics 1, 76ers 2, Cleveland 3, Nets 4, Bucks 5, Heat 6, Knicks 7, 
Bulls 8. That was going into tonight. So other things, I know other other games are going on as well. All right, I'm going to get off the Celtics because I've been pretty harsh. But they just got to turn around against the Knicks tomorrow night. Have a win in their pocket going into that Saturday night game. Again, some people say it's just a game, but it is the Lakers. And the Lakers, like, keep in mind, the way LeBron's going, if LeBron scores like 50 tonight, like, he's going to get closer to Kareem. He might get Kareem's record by the end of next week. So the last thing you'd want him to do is come into Boston and and slap another 40 going getting towards that record for Kareem. It's it's absolutely crazy. Can you play the Heim Bloom cut for me regarding him DFAing Matt Barnes? Obviously a really, really difficult decision. Uh, the conversation itself was uh, one of the more difficult ones that I've had. You know, obviously the, the DFA process needs to play out. And so there's, you know, limited amount that I want to say about it um, until it does. But, you know, I I think more than anything, this is just a function of where we're at uh, in the offseason and with our 40-man roster. We are, there, there are no easy decisions. And, you know, regardless of, you know, recent accomplishments, regardless of what they have under their belts in their careers, um, everybody on our 40-man roster uh, it has real value. Um, you know, there's nobody that that we can remove, you know, without losing them. And so that forces uh, tough choices. And it's obviously something we've been working through all offseason. And, uh, you know, today we landed on Matt. But beyond that, you know, it's, it's it's certainly nothing negative about him. I think it's more a statement of, of where we're at the 40-man roster. And beyond that, I, I don't, you know, I, I want to see the process play out first before saying more. So if I would say what the pros to that is, is that Barnes was your reliever last year, your closer, and wasn't really getting it done. And so knowing that you have Kenley Jansen in here now, that's your closer, that's your that's who you're going to at the no matter what. Maybe there's some duplication. Now, the con that I saw to that was, well, you don't want to suddenly have to go to Kenley Jansen the top of the eighth. <laughs> you know, you don't want to have to go to him to get six outs. And you believe, I believe, that at least Matt Barnes could get you three outs towards the end to this end of the seventh into the eighth. And if Jensen has to go uh, with a four out save, then at least you have a, a former all star back there who doesn't have the pressure of absolutely finishing the game but just finishing the assignment in front of them, and now you're going to put that on some younger guys, which has been the issue, or some of the retread guys that Heim likes to bring in, and that's the con that ties to that. So we'll see how it plays out, but to see him DFA'd, I was like, wow, maybe Barnes could have been a setup guy for you, but then you might start thinking about cost and all that and everything, and I totally get that. So the Red Sox are 14th in payroll in the league. 14th. I mean, you know the you know the, the usual suspects at the top: Yankees, the I mean, Mets, the Yankees, the Padres, the Phillies, the Dodgers. But then you got some surprises in there, like the Astros, the White Sox, the Cubs. And a few nights ago, I was talking about like how a team is valued. Like the Red Sox are worth three point nine billion dollars. How does that break down? And one of the numbers was how much are they worth to the overall sport? which could be a lower number than what it is to the market, right? So the Red Sox are a lot more valuable to New England than it is to entities in Kansas City, right? Okay, so what I found was that the Red Sox and the Cardinals have a similar value to Major League Baseball just to the sport, but to the market, Boston is huge. It's like number three. 
But the Red Sox overall and payroll is 14th, and the Cardinals are 16th. So I'm like, okay, this is starting to make sense. This isn't necessarily Tampa Bay North as much as it is St. Louis East, right? Cardinals pretty much are run by beer. Here it's run by emotions. And I think when you break down like how they're paying out people, you're like, okay, the Red Sox aren't really skimping as much as you may think. It's just that where they're skimping, right? So in terms of what the Red Sox pay for, for infielders, they're ninth, right? Only behind the Astros, Padres, Rangers, Mets, Dodgers, Yankees, Angels, Cardinals. Oh, there are the Cardinals right there. Right? In the outfield, the Red Sox are seventh, only behind the Phillies, the Mets, the Yankees, the Giants, the Braves, the Cubs, Red Sox. Cardinals are not in that picture. Pitching. Oh, the Red Sox are 14th. And there it is. And this is what we've been saying. When you're saying like, hey, why are the Red Sox spending more money? It's because well, they spend pretty well when it comes to infielders and outfielders. When it comes to pitchers, they're middle of the road. And how's been the how's the pitching been? Middle of the road. Here's more on Hein Bloom with the DFAing of Matt Barnes. Look, you know, everybody on this call knows uh what his accomplishments are, how how much he's meant in this organization. Uh, and you know, uh, obviously I've talked about it uh, many times over the years, how I feel about him and how highly I've regarded him. Yeah, and I think that just gets to being forward looking with everybody else that we have on our roster, uh, whether it's things that they, they you know, showed about where they're at in the case of, in the case of Brazier, who's obviously been through some ups and downs, but finished the season really strong um, and showed a lot that when you, when you project it out ahead, uh, is really encouraging, or, or some of those younger relievers uh, that you mentioned um, who have options, who have more control, and who have plenty of upside. I think we've seen, and look, we all have our share of these. I, I have some of mine. Sometimes they're, they're guys where the easy way out is to uh, to designate or to trade someone who you know doesn't have a shiny ERA or, or just got whacked around or doesn't have as much under their belt, even when all the indicators say that that's the wrong move. Usually when you do that, the game will punish you. This is not a, a, an easy move, but one that we felt was the right one. Yeah, that's saying that we're not really going to spend on pitching, and I'm sorry. Anybody will tell you that doing the same thing over and over again, expecting to get different results, is called insanity. Insanity. So the Red Sox total spend number, right, is $166 million. The Mets, they're just going crazy. They're at 329. <laughs> when is the crypto crash with that? But you would say, all right, you're not going to do the extreme of the Mets. You're probably not going to do the 258 of the Yankees. But you do have Toronto spending 199. Can the Red Sox at least get into that neighborhood? The Red Sox should be a top 10 spending team. I would even say pushing top five, right? If the Four biggest revenue generators in baseball, or in terms of valuation, it's Yankees one, Dodgers two, Red Sox three, Cubs four. Yeah, you mentioned those are the pillars. Like you'd be, you're shocked that they're not big spenders. Well, the thing was when I was saying they were pillars, I was saying that without that even being with money, right? Like if, well, some people say the aliens are already making their way here, <laughs> but if an alien flew down right now and said, "Who were the four most important teams in the history of baseball?" You would say Yankees, Red Sox, Dodgers, Cubs. Despite wins or losses in terms of 
fan base, emotional attachment, storylines, Hollywood transmissions and submissions. It's all based around those four teams. I mean, the Angels had to run a little bit when they were doing all those Disney movies. But the Colorado Rockies, they're not making movies about them. Or the Twins. So the Red Sox should be spending like a top five team, which would be right around $200 million. And if you're top 10 with outfielders and infielders, then you know what you need to do. You need to drop that number from 14 in pitching spending to about eight. And then you have a team that you'd say, okay, it can compete and will always have a shot at at least the pennant. And that's a chance to go to the World Series. I think if you just if you produce the team that you know is a couple games away from the World Series, because the team that went to was a couple games away from the World Series a couple years ago, that was really a miracle. That was like those the, the Angels in the Outfield movie. <laughs> like this is really happening with this team. And so that's what has to be addressed. You know, coming up. All right, coming up next: scared money don't make money. Plus. Uh, I'll discuss a little bit about the Hall of Fame before we get into it. KJ Late Night, WEEI, 617-779-7937, the text line 37937. Thank you so much for hanging out. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Late night. W-E-E-I. KJ, thank you so much for hanging out. 617-779-7937. About 15 minutes away from talking Patriots and with the hiring of Bill O'Brien. Where does it is it does it make Mac a better quarterback in the AFC already? That's coming up in 15 minutes. And we're minutes away from scared money, don't make money. Uh, also gotta let you know in 45 minutes, I have some news for you. So hang out. That's uh, around 1130-ish, 1140-ish. Um, Scott Rowland going to the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame is the closest thing I've ever seen to watching paint dry when it comes to celebrating the best in the history of baseball, the Hall of Fame. Because you know the word fame, the definition is the state of being known or talked about by many people, especially on account of notable achievements. Scott Rowland's in there because people watch paint dry long enough. Todd Helton, who fell short, not memorable. Billy Wagner, memorable. Andrew Jones, memorable. Sheffield, memorable. Beltran, memorable. A-Rod, once you figure it out, memorable. Manny, are you kidding? Memorable. And once you figure some things out, Omar Vesquel, memorable. 
K-Rod, memorable. Like, Scott Rowland is the, is the perfect example of why Dwight Evans should already be in the Hall of Fame. Like, what Dwight Evans did in right field is pretty much what Scott Rowland did at third. Maybe even a little bit better. In fact, Dwight Evans never had a fielding average below the league average. Scott Rowland did in his last year. Now, I know you say, well, it's third base and there's a lot more fielding chances. So? <laughs> what? Do they do they give you a lesser color gold glove because of how many chances you get? No, it's gold is gold. Silver slugger, that too. And I think what the, the stat that's missing from baseball and when you're doing all this stuff is this stat called love. Like, the people you love to see, like, you could not turn away from. Like, you had to see what they were about to do or what they just did that made you love the game. Please tell me what you saw from Scott Rowland that said, this guy made me love the game. Now, I might lo- you might have gotten a better love of math, but not because of anything of the definition of fame, you know, the state of being known or talked about by many people, especially on account of notable achievements. <sighs> so go back to 1995 with me, okay, where Mike Schmidt's the only one who gets in, right? But if you talk about who's, why someone's who's more exciting can bypass somebody who wasn't as exciting, that's the first year that Jim Rice was up for the Hall of Fame. Now, for those who are old enough to remember, Jim Rice was still smacking the ball his last year in the league. Like, two years from his last year in the league, he was like runner-up or third place for MVP. But do you know he finished behind Steve Garvey that year in voting? Dick Allen should be in the Hall of Fame. Look these people up. That's what Google's for before I don't know what's going to happen in Congress with them. Dick Allen made you look. Bruce Souter made you look. Tony Perez made you look. Phil Negro not only made you look, but made umpires look. This is why these guys are in the Hall of Fame. Not because I can give you some type of mathematical equation. That has nothing to do with love. That's like going to a high school dance and going up to the girl and saying, not that I think your eyes are beautiful or that I think you have a great personality, is that I did a mathematical equation that showed that the amount of steps that you took from the door to the punch bowl shows that you have a very even spine. Yeah, that's sexy. All right, I'm going to get off that soapbox. Let's try and get some money here. Hit it. You were scared, huh? <laughs> don't be scared. Mm-mm, don't be scared. Uh, scared money don't make none. The best role I ever had. Scared money don't make none. I like this one. One dog goes one way and the other dog goes the other way. Scared money don't make none. All right. Only two games this weekend, right? 49ers, Eagles, Bengals at Chiefs. Parlays that are out of the face. But, you know, it isn't the 31st. They might have to go to Atlantic City for this one. So check this out. What will be the first scoring play? This is at BetMGM. If you say 49ers field goal, that's plus 350. Will both teams score 20 or more? Yes, plus 110. Try this out. Kyle Juszczyk, anytime TD, plus 1,100. Maybe the fullback sneak, huh? Dallas Godert, anytime touchdown for the Eagles, plus 200. I love tight ends when it it comes to anytime touchdowns. 
First 49er touchdown scorer, George Kittle, plus 600. First Eagles touchdown scorer, Jalen Hurts, probably on a sneak or uh, end around or uh, naked boot. Plus, take the Eagles alt line. I think the line is two and a half, but take them at minus four and a half, and that's plus 125. That one, two, three, four, five, six, seven leg parlay, a $100 bet pays $2,678,975. You ready for that, Joe? I want that the minute you said $2 million. Oh, but you're really going to want this one. Bengals at Chiefs. Take Hayden Hurst anytime touchdown plus 280. Noah Gray, tight end, backup. Well, second tight end for, for the Chiefs. Anytime touchdown plus 750. There's just going to be a heavy concentration on Travis Kelsey. First Bengals TD score, Jamar Chase plus 350. Hayden Hurst, two plus touchdowns. I think Joe Burrow finds him a couple times because they're going to be so focused on T. Higgins and Jamar Chase that Hayden Hurst may end up with two touchdowns plus 2,800. Oh, God, this is going to be huge. Take the Bengals in over 43 and a half at plus 195. And the Bengals to win by one to six points plus 310. A $100 bet on that. One, two, three, four, five, six leg parlay would pay you $5,098,123.92. Talk about scare money, don't make none, huh? Be safe and enjoy. The second hour of Late Night with KJ next with the Patriots, Mac Jones, Bill O'Brien. Hang out. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.